How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to yet another episode of Scales and Tales. Um, <clears throat> today is uh, kind of an impromptu episode, but it's something that I really enjoy talking about, and that is uh, kind of my ideas as far as an angler goes, more so swim baits, because that's like what I fish, and that's what I put a lot of my time to when I'm looking up uh, stuff. And so this is just going to be kind of my general ideas. I'm no biologist, so obviously I have no idea if the stuff I'm saying correlates with how a bass actually reacts. This is just how I've caught fish before and how they've acted when I do certain things. And so uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys can kind of put these things into place where you guys fish or when you were fishing and have a positive feedback like I have in my trial and errors but this is just stuff that I've kind of picked up along the last two or three years and uh, I've had success with after repeatedly doing it and or just my thoughts in general on stuff that I think works but I either haven't necessarily gotten to try or I haven't done it a lot and so starting off is definitely um so I fish I fish Lake Michigan um, it dumps into a lake, or the lake dumps into Lake Michigan, however you want to say it. And it's about 20, 15, 20, 30 feet deep, but it's crystal crystal clear water, like super crystal clear. Um, there's some big boulders and stuff, so around mid-afternoon when that sun gets up, obviously those boulders kind of pull in that heat, and those fish are sitting in those pockets. And uh, I, I found out whether this is uh, legitimate or not, if you tax, if you cast a glide bait across these rocks these rocks like I said are 15 feet down um, in my uh, thought thoughts and ideas these fish pick up on this shadow of this bait that's getting shined down to them um, and they it just kind of draws their attention they're like oh what, what the hell is that thing kind of ripping across up there on the surface and the reason I think this relative to my personal experience is if you're standing outside just standing there and you see a shadow go across the ground you're like what the hell and and you look up and you're like oh it's just a bird okay that's kind of the thought press process i have that translates to fishing clear water with baits like you don't need a bait that's going to dive down 15 feet to get these fish's attention if the sun's correct and like portraying shadows in their direction like i think that a fish Fish are curious. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. If you cast a Depths 250 and you have a wolf pack following it, that just shows how curious these fish are. They've never seen this bait before. They don't know what it is. They're following it. They're intrigued by it. They they want to eat it. They want to follow it. They're like, what the hell is this? <clears throat> and I think that's what that kind of that shadow element does. It, it catches their attention. It's out of the ordinary, and they're like, and then they kind of look up, and they're like, oh, there's... There's a, a trout up there trying to escape. Like, maybe I should go eat that. And that kind of goes on to my next case as far as, like, uh, I get dragged a lot. Not, I, would, I don't want to say dragged. Um, I get questioned a lot by friends from all over, like, saying that uh, when I bought my Hinkle Trout, everybody, everybody's like, you're not going to catch any fish on that thing. You're not going to catch any fish on that thing. And I was like, okay. Well, even before my Hinkle Trout, like, the depth's 250. All my friends in high school were like, dude, that, that bait is way too big. Like, that's that's fucking stupid. You're not going to catch any fish on it. And I'm like, nah. I mean, I was like, uh, maybe. I don't know. It, it was 100 bucks, whatever. Caught a couple fish on it. 
and I'm like, wow, like <clears throat> the Hink or the Depth 250, it's a big bait. Um, but when you look at it, in my eyes, it's honestly not crazy big. I know I'm going to get flack for that, but it, it's not a crazy big bait to me. I don't know what it is. The first time I ever saw one, I saw it and I was like, wow, I was expecting this to be a lot bigger. That's what she said. I just hit the microphone. But um, so after I caught those first few 250 fish, I'm like, man, like I want something bigger. Like this, this draws them and catches them. But like, what about those bigger fish that aren't coming up to bite or just following it? Those big, big ones. So I'm like, hmm. Kicked around, ended up getting on a Hinkle Trout drop, ended up getting the bait some point in time. I literally, everybody who's listening to this probably knows, but I legitimately just spray painted the bait and went out with it the next day. Um, my first few days, I didn't get any fish on it, but I had some decent followers. I ended up catching one in a lake about two weeks after owning it. And it wasn't, it wasn't crazy big, probably like four, four and a half pounds, but I'm like, like, holy shit, like, I caught a fish on this damn bait that everybody dragged me for buying. Like, all my friends made fun of me. All my friends across the country made fun of me. Like, you're not going to catch anything on that Hinkle Trout bait. Well, I caught something on that Hinkle Trout bait. And uh, a lot of my, I don't want to say, like, harebrained ideas, but that's definitely what it is. Like, right now I have something tied on that everybody's like, dude, like, that's not going to work. And I have some ideas to make it work. And if it does work, those same people are going to be like the ones that have talked to me about the Hinkle Trout and the 250s when I first got them. Like, it's, it's going to be hard to get this idea out of my mind and onto, off paper and actually work and swim like I want to. But if it's, if it's going to happen, I think I'm going to catch a fish on it. Um, it it's, it, I mean, it's not a secret. I have, uh, I have this idea of double rigging 250s like a donkey rig like you would with a Clash 9 or a TK. And Clash 9 is the biggest bait I've seen it. Those are the only two baits I've seen it done with. Um, Buddy, Buddy Denman, he, uh, he's another Michigan guy, southern, south of me. He, he had a double rig of pats. I don't know if they were fat pats or what they were. I don't know all that stuff. But he has a double rig of pats, and I don't know if he ever caught fish on him. I think I want to say he caught one on it. But uh, it's just... Um, since I've been fishing and more so swim bait fishing, I've just kind of, I wanted to step outside of the normal group and kind of pioneer my own way of thinking. Like the, uh, my good buddy Phil came up from Virginia and he's like, he's, he's trying to fish the taxi, how he fishes at home. I'm like, no dude, like these fish, these fish will only eat it this way. And he's like, well, that looks so stupid. It doesn't even look like it's swimming. And I said, it's just what it, I know it works. I figured it out. It works. And uh, he, he caught a fish on it doing it, and it's just um, obviously um, I don't want to say that my ideas are like something crazy, but if I have an idea, it's usually based on a reasoning that I know is successful. So um, I've seen bass chase uh, trout and stuff off the piers, and I've seen how those trout swim. And I never actually put two and two together on how to fish a glide bait off these piers and stuff. But <clears throat> I was like, well, these, these trout are just, like, trying to get out. Like, they're just trying to get away. Super erratic motion. And that's how I sharp chops on my uh, on my uh, 300 size reel. And it just it mimics it perfectly. And kind of the trout bass pier scenario is going to kind of lead me into my next idea is uh, 
is like a lot of guys, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of guys will talk about how these bass, these bass head hit their head hunt a bait. Like they're going to hit it from the head because that's the easiest way for them to swallow. They're not going to get any spines or anything. And honestly, I believe it. That makes a hundred, that makes a hundred percent sense, hundred percent sense. That makes total sense. Like I, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with them that works, but from all the fish I've caught, and I've seen probably 75% of my fish actually eat the bait, none of my fish have raced up in front of the bait, met it head first, and ate it. Um, it's kind of like... So the, the reason I think this is, is because the bass can't track the bait from the front. Once it gets in front, it's kind of going on a wind that that fish is just going to swim into its face. It's kind of like, for anybody who watches football, it's like a defensive back guarding a wide receiver the wide receiver being the trout and the defensive back being the bass that's trying to hunt it down. Like, yeah, the the uh, the defensive back can go with the bait, but ultimately the wide receiver knows what he's doing. The, uh, the defensive back is just mimicking its movements and hoping to, uh, to kind of predict where it's going to be. And that's exactly how I perceive these fish. Like, these fish know that if they get in front of the bait, they're not necessarily going to eat it. Obviously, it might be different for, like, a wounded bluegill or a wounded shad. I, I've never caught shad, but I I can see where it makes sense for that. But trout, trout don't have any fin or, like, don't have any um, spikes or anything on the top. So I think they, they just assume that they're going to eat it from the ass end. And kind of elaborating off of that, and in the pat or in the shadow thing, I first started off with a lot of these bass kind of come up from the bottom, and aim up. Like I'm fishing right against the pier head. Like these bass can come in sideways and pin it up against the pier head, but all of these bass up hit it. For anybody who doesn't know, like up hitting is kind of a term in ice fishing, as far as like um, you're jigging and you pull you're pulling the bait up, and the bat or the fish typically bluegill when you're ice fishing will hit the bait and kind of start rising up. And that's kind of what these bass do. These bass come up from behind. More or less, usually it's about a 45-degree angle because they're chasing it while coming off bottom. And like like I said, a lot of these times, 75% of the time when I see these fish eat, they they pin it up in such a way that they're using they're using that, uh, that water barrier between the water and the actual um, like space, the air. They're using that almost as a ambush point like they know if that fish gets knocked out of the water like it's it's theirs like <clears throat> and uh obviously they're probably trying to stun the bait also but uh a lot of the time you hook these fish at these spots i fish and you hook them and they're so close to the water that usually they don't i'm not gonna say they don't but they don't fight as hard as you would think because they're already five six inches away from the water and they already kind of jump once or twice and then you water ski them in but th that's not necessarily true, too, because they'll fight because they'll go up and hit the bait and try to shoot back down to the bottom of the bottom of the lake. But a lot of the time, the only time I've really experienced that is out of a boat, and I've only fished a couple times out of a boat. But fishing from shore the, in the spots I do, it's almost like religiously that they hit it, they up hit it, and kind of knock the bait up into the air. And uh, that's kind of like... People talk about head rigging a two two fifty with a nose hook, and that might work, but I think it's kind of not necessarily useless. But you're gonna be 
you're going to have an extra hook on there for nothing, I think, in where I fish because nine times out of ten, that bass is not going to come up and head shoot it. But who's not to say that they don't do that, like, in Florida? Obviously, I'm sure in other states and other places, even in Michigan, they probably do that. But everything I've seen, it's just not how it works. Um, and I don't know. Obviously, I haven't been around the world. I haven't fished everywhere. So this is just more or less stuff that's kind of pertained to me and like what I've learned, especially fishing one or two spots like hardcore. You pick up on a lot of, it'll pick up on a lot of bass uh, behavior, and like um, people talking about those bass getting headshots, like uh, the gantrell. The gantrell is a really good bait because that's what I learned on. But a lot of people are like, well, if you if you hit the gantrell really hard with a hard rod rod hit. It'll do a three or it'll do a one eighty, and that bait will face the bass, and everybody's like, they'll hit it, they'll hit it, one hundred percent, they'll hit it after that. And I never had any luck with that. Like honestly, it probably, in my, in my quote unquote like statistic, uh, experiment, it it never worked. Those bass got scared and swam away because they didn't know what the fuck this bait just did to turn around and look at it. Uh, I don't know. It's it's crazy to think that. I'm telling you guys this stuff based on my experiences over the last two, three years. And this stuff can absolutely pertain no information to you guys. Like, that is, it's crazy for me to think about that. Um, that everything I've done could completely be bullshit 100 miles south or 100 miles east or 100 miles west. Like, I don't know. It, obviously, this stuff probably wouldn't necessarily work in dirty water. I've had the luxury my whole life to fish clear water, and that's like a lot of people are like, I'd way rather fish dirty mud water. Like I have literally zero confidence in dirty water. Clear water is what, what I've kind of grown to be as an angler, and I will I will fish clear water every day over chocolate milk water. It's just my personal preference, and I think I know how bass behave in clear water a thousand times more than I do dirty water. Um, I'm trying to think. I had, like, a whole bunch of ideas as far as, like, s stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the baits I've had and, like, stuff I've thought about. Um, the, the crankdowns, if you can fish a crank down around an area like if you can cast past the target and crank down to it um the hater does a really good job of this it's it's called giving it the sexy if you can cast past your target and get it to that ideal depth you want and if you give the hater some rod twitches like just just tiny little rod twitches like you would a frog to kind of walk the dog on some pads if you do that with a hater a crank down fish everything hater that bait will almost kind of it has a head roll to it that I don't know what it does. And like I said, obviously, this is just based off where I fish. But you can literally piss off any fish with that. It's uh, it's it's crazy. It has a whole body roll to it, and it kind of has a slight shimmer. And the results I've gotten from it are absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, what else was I thinking of? Oh, like slow retrieving glides, too, in my opinion. That's not an option, especially in clear water. Those fish, uh, relative to being smart, not smart, whatever, whatever you think, 
a dumb fish, I think, can see those brass or silver hooks hanging off a bait. And they're going to be like, yeah, like this is not legit. You literally have to fish a bait, in my opinion. You have to fish it fast enough that they don't see the hooks. It's, uh, it's kind of relative to, okay, so you're sitting there and you see, you see a stake come down and there's, there's a hook on it. I mean, if it drops down and it sits there in front of you for a minute or two, you're going to see the hook and you're going to be like, no, nah, like that, that's, that's not anything I want to mess with. But if it drops or if it rips past you, like you're going to be like, holy shit. Like, I, okay, maybe a stake's not a good idea. If you have a hundred dollar bill on the ground and somebody has it hooked up to a, a string, if you don't see that string and they're ripping it really fast, you're going to chase after you're going to be like, oh, it's just the wind. It's just the wind. But if you, if it's tied to um, paracord and you see the paracord and it's just going slow, you're going to be like, well, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Like, obviously it's fake. I think that's kind of the description I would give with this. Like the fish aren't dumb and they know when stuff isn't, isn't legitimate. Those fish have been there for four or five, six years. They've seen a lot of baits get ripped past them. Um, and they, they see a lot of real fish every day. They eat them every day. And I think that's why uh, just super erratic glides, in my opinion, have always worked better for me than like the 250. The 250's kind of a hard bait to catch fish on where I used to live because you would fish it just so slow. And same with the Hinkle Trout. Like the Hinkle Trout, I caught fish on in lakes, but I never actually caught fish on them in Lake Michigan. And I think it just is too slow and they pick up on it. Oh, swim bait pressure, but swim bait pressure is like everybody kind of has an idea on that. Like, if it's your first time ever fishing a gantrell, those fish are gonna flock it and probably eat it because they've never seen it. Relative to, they would be cautious around a drop shot or a crankbait or something like that. But there was something else I was thinking about. Uh, oh, and just kind of my my thoughts behind fishing all these big baits that people kind of poke tease at me about is uh in my ideas behind this is that a bass would rather burn obviously i'm not uh i didn't go to school for anything i don't know what the fuck a bass thinks i'm not a i don't uh biologist that's what i was thinking of um obviously if you have a big bait that's presented in front of a big bass in my my thoughts behind this is that that bass would rather take the extra calories to grab a big meal over a small meal. Um, so if it has to chase down a dying trout, it's going to do that rather than fuck around with a crawdad that uh, is lively and it's not going to get as much calories from a, an 11-inch stalker trout. That's That's always been my idea behind sort of this sort of stuff is like, if they can catch a dying bait that would fill them up for a day or two, that's going to go a lot farther than having to fuck around with 15 crawdads in two days and then still be hungry on that third day. Like These fish can eat these trout, bluegill, or whatever and kind of just chillax and not have to worry about getting more calories into their body. But like I said, this stuff is just stuff I've kind of picked up along the way. Honestly, it might not mean anything to you guys. You guys might listen to the first three minutes of this and be like, this kid doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. 
and uh, if that's if that's how it is, then that's how it is. This is just stuff that I've learned that works for where I fish, and these are my ideas behind how these fish work. Obviously, I don't think anybody knows this, that, or another over somebody else because we don't know how these fish think. Like we know how they behave, but that doesn't mean that's how they think. But uh, I don't know. I do ask, though, that if you guys like this episode, that you give it five stars on every platform that you're listening on, whether that be Spotify, Apple, or Google. Um, I think that's all of them. I don't think I think it's only the big three. But uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, make sure you guys rate the show if you like it. Um, come at me with any ideas you guys have. Like I'm really open to hear on how you think these bass react and behave around around pressured spots, clear water, dirty water, like, and, and let me know if you guys, like, have ever thought of some of these things I've talked about, and actually, if you've put them into, into your lineup of tips and, or, like, into tricks, and, like, if you guys have caught fish doing this stuff, because I've talked to some people, and they just kind of, uh, not necessarily don't agree or disagree with me, but they're just kind of like, yeah, okay, like, I, I, I want to hear if you guys have ever had these experiences, and if, uh, if you guys have benefited from this little episode, it's only like 20 minutes long, but this is just, uh, this is stuff I've picked up along the way, like I said, and I think this is kind of, I'm not going to say successful, but this is kind of what leads me into catching fish, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for this Wednesday, yeah, it is Wednesday, for this Wednesday episode. Um, some crazy news, I got an email from some random guy, and apparently Scales and Tails is, uh, is what they say 60 61st 61st in the national or in the nature category for all podcasts so that's pretty cool or i think it's just for apple but that's pretty cool anyway um thank you guys for listening like i said make sure you rate it give it a thumbs up do whatever you can give it five stars and like i said uh hit me up and let me know if any of these uh tricks or tips kind of have been something you guys have done and or you think would work on your guys' body of water and even if you if you have videos of stuff like working, like uh, pauses or anything, like send them to me because this stuff is really intriguing to me to see what I can do differently to catch fish and or trick bigger fish into biting. But thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to everybody next time.